Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, and I am coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to share topics and guests that will empower you to grow as a confident leader and take your business or your life to the next level. Today, I'm so happy to have my guest, Josie Warren. And let me tell you a little bit about Josie. For much of her young adult life, Josie struggled with autoimmune disorders, severe food allergies, a debilitating eating disorder, anorexia, alcoholism, ADD, and anxiety and depression. She was told by her medical doctors that each of her diagnoses was lifelong and that she had just needed to manage them the best she could for the rest of her life. Josie felt crushed like a lost cause and there was really no hope for her. She was only in her 20s. These were supposed to be the best years of her life. Fortunately, Josie was on a quest for answers and had a lightning bolt awareness. The emotional stress in her life had unknowingly created all her illnesses. The good news was she could do something about stress. From this shift in awareness, she knew she could change her relationship to stress as she began to realize that her illnesses were in her control. In less than two months, all her symptoms dissolved and faded away. Seven years later, Josie is 100% healthy and no longer has any of her former conditions. She says, I fully live, I feel fully alive not just surviving. She is passionate and excited about sharing what she has to save others. Josie knows in her heart that it is her calling to be a beacon of light to show the world that there is another way that true healing is possible. I chose for our title of our episode to be Breaking up with mom, confessions of an adult daughter. Please join me in welcoming my guest, Josie Warren. Hi, Vicki. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, this is going to be great. <clears throat> I think everybody that's out there knows someone or is someone that can relate to this and to your story in some aspect of it, you know. And I think that uh, today it is a lot more younger people 
are realizing that there has to be a better way that they don't want to live their lives like this. Yes. And so I am anxious to ask you some questions to be able to maybe shed some light, intrigue people enough to maybe want to talk a little bit more with you. I always ask an easy first question, and that is, please tell everybody where you call home. Where do you live? I live here in Denver, Colorado, and I am proud to say that I am a Colorado native, which those for people from Colorado know that that is a point of pride. Um, but I was actually born uh, in northeastern Colorado on the plains, so we, I actually was born where you can't even see the mountains. But oh my goodness, um, I can. We I look out the window and see the Rocky Mountains every day now. So oh wow, I love, I love Denver, and this is where all my family is um, yeah. as well. So. So uh, Denver is becoming a lot like Atlanta was when I first moved here, where everybody was moving to Atlanta. It was like a melting pot from all over. It is, yes. A bunch of people here love the outdoors. So my first question for you is, how did you overcome your mental health issues with alcoholism and eating disorders? Those are two tough things to overcome. <laughs> That's a really great question, uh, Vicki. And I know for the listeners out there, um, we're told, um, I know I was told that alcoholism and an eating disorder were going to be lifelong conditions and people consider mm -hmm. these diseases. Um, both eating disorders and alcoholism ran in my family. So it mm -hmm. was in my genes. Um, oh, wow. My dad suffered from addiction, um, an eating disorder. My mom had an eating disorder. My grandma did. So it's just something that I was familiar with growing up. And the problem was I didn't know where it came from. I thought it mm -hmm. was genetic. So I thought thus I, there was nothing I could do about mm -hmm. it. And the key for me was to realize that what was actually going on, it was all just a sign that my body was dysregulated. My brain chemistry was off because I got stuck in a nervous system called the sympathetic nervous system mm. in a state of fight or flight due to a lifetime of suppressed emotional stress. And as long as I was living in that nervous system, my, I was gonna continue to have my eating disorder. I was gonna continue to have my alcoholism. And I was going to continue to struggle with these, you know, relapsing, going on and off the wagon, mm -hmm. you name it, for the rest of my life. And I actually kind of stumbled into this when I went to get help for my chronic health conditions, like my autoimmune disorders. I learned how to move my body from the sympathetic to the parasympathetic nervous system by learning how to handle my life and stress in a new way. In the, in the parasympathetic, my body healed and self-repaired. Everything went back into homeostasis. My chronic conditions resolved. But this wonderful cherry on top for me was that my brain chemistry went back to normal and I no longer had those addictive cravings um, for alcohol. And I didn't have that need, um, that terrible body image and that need to harm and starve myself like I used to. I my body was working properly. I developed a healthy relationship with food. I no longer had cravings to over drink and I now no longer have an eating disorder. I, I can have a normal, I can have a glass of wine from time to time. I have no alcohol problems. And uh, it's just because my body was able to enter into the parasympathetic nervous system and oh the God. disease uh, nature of those conditions resolved as did all my autoimmune disorders by working on stress. Mm -hmm. 
So I guess a question comes to mind is in times of extreme stress, mm -hmm. how do you combat, how, do, how were you able to compensate for that? You know, a lot of times we go, our natural behavior is to go back to what we know and what we change. So has this state of your brain been changed enough that, you know, like I, I, I had my a sister-in-law, an ex-sister-in-law who um, had a drinking issue and was an alcoholic mm -hmm. that came and then she was fine. And then her mom died. Oh, yeah. So I wonder in that kind of situation, how do you keep your focus where it needs to be? How do you keep your brain where it needs to be? Mm -hmm. What, what tactics yeah. do you use? That's a, that's a great question, Vicki, because similar, like what happens is if I don't learn healthy ways to handle stress, stress mm -hmm. is going to continue to happen. And eventually it will cause, you know, for a health condition, maybe a flare up or something like alcoholism, a relapse. And mm -hmm. so the key that I learned is to be proactive. I had to learn how to handle stress well from the get-go, knowing that stress is just a part of life. Yeah. And so what I learned was how to build and grow my natural resilience, mm -hmm. which is the ability to be adaptive in stress and to bounce back quickly in times of stress. And the fact that I was had a drinking problem or had my eating disorders and my autoimmune mm -hmm. was just a sign that I was, did not have strong resilience within me mm -hmm. and thus str stressors would always knock me down. And so I went through it. There's a couple of awarenesses that I had to have about stress in life. Um, that I'm happy to share, but it was mm -hmm. through that process that I was able to see stress and myself from a new perspective and actively work on myself to be able to handle stress differently. Um, and yeah, three different things that I'm happy to go into a little bit more depth into, which really changed my perspective of life and stress and gave me the tools to be able to grow my natural resilience so that I can be proactive and on top of the Lar big, you know, the large stressors and the smaller ones that are always going to be a part of life so that I know that I'll never have another condition. I'll never go back into addiction. My body won't go back to that place because I'm solidly locked into the parasympathetic where I'm handling my stress well. So what are those three things? Yeah, well, it's good. The, I have three, three simple kind of steps that I took. The first was to normalize stress. Mm. And that was a challenge for me because I, my background previously was a, as a licensed professional counselor. And I had the perspective that everyone's stressors are unique and different. And mine were worse than other people's. And, you know, I lost my dad when I was 15 to his addiction. And I had mm. some other challenges in my life that I thought were a badge of honor that stressors I couldn't overcome. Yeah. Um, some even therapists might've called them traumatic mm. and I didn't realize that because I thought my stressors in the past were so big and so unique to me, I was actually disabling me from ever overcoming them. So oh, wow. the first step is to normalize stress. And it was really helpful for me to start to realize that if I was in a room of a hundred people, we pulled all a hundred people, no matter our background or where we were born, we're all going to have <laughs> generally a lot of the same stressors. 
relationship stressors, you know, broken hearts, family challenges, worries of our health and our loved ones, losing jobs, graduating Mm -hmm. children. I mean, you name it, we're going to have the same stressors and our ancestors a hundred years ago had basically (laughs) the same stressors and the people that will come ahead of us a hundred years from now will have generally the same life stressors. And it just hit me. I said, I've been thinking about it all wrong. I thought that these were bad things that shouldn't happen to me. I realized, oh, this happens to everybody. Mm -hmm. This is life. So to reframe stress as just life, then I realized, okay, it took it from this big overwhelming balloon into something smaller and digestible and something I could actually break down and do something about it. So first is to normalize stress. Not to say that what we've been through isn't challenging, but we have to look at it from realistic glasses. Mm -hmm. The second step that I found is really important was to realize that stress comes from us. We are the source of our stress. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not even though we have things, events and circumstances in our life, it's not making us stressed. Our stress grows from us. And the way I understand that is think about something that some people might think is stru- of stress is stressful, like flying on an airplane, for instance. Think of all the different kinds of responses people have to that same stimuli. You know, mm-hmm. Some people might take medication because they're so stressed and worried, or other people might not fly. And other people might be on that same airplane and be so relaxed and so you know, in their zone. And so we can learn from that, that it's not the airplane that's making people stressed. Yeah. It's our own unique, <laughs> right? You've got, it's our own unique individual reaction yeah. to the things in our life. And that comes from us. And the good news is, is that if it's coming from me, thank goodness, because there's something, then I can do it. I can change my response to life. Yeah. I can't change life in my circumstances, but I can change my response. And in that awareness, it empowers us mm-hmm. to have a different response. Like I didn't even know I could. And then the final step that I teach and that I learned is I had to grow and build my natural resilience. Um, As humans, we're all naturally resilient. That's why we've made it this far. That's why we're the dominant species in the world. But unfortunately, where our ancestors had, you know, or let's say the the hunter gatherers (laughs) had to use resilience on a day-to-day basis for survival you know, where their food, where their water, fighting off predators. We just don't have to do that these days in in the luxury of the modern world that we live in. Our resilience muscle, even though it's not really a muscle, has just gone really weak. So I have to activate my resilience because it allows me to be adaptive and bounce back from stress. And that is going to allow my body to go back into homeostasis and to heal and self-repair. And I do that actually going into life. So instead of hiding, like we do when we're scared <laughs> and we develop these kinds of conditions, like I did, we actually say, okay, life, let me go into these events and circumstances and these stressors, quote unquote, to grow and to learn. Let me yeah. embrace the challenges of life so that I can become stronger so that I can find out what I'm made of. And I know that I have what it takes. And if I mm-hmm. fall down, I know to pick myself back up and I become more and more me through that kind of up and down, you know, process Yeah. through that process, I build my natural resilience. The body picks up on this, gets out of fight or flight, realizes we're not under a constant threat anymore. 
heals and self repairs in the parasympathetic nervous system. So yeah, that's, that's what I high five at the end of doing those things. Yeah. (laughs) And it's really not hard. I want people to know, like, if I can do it, anyone can do it. Like (laughs) I was the, 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 like the, you know, negative zero resilience person. I mean, talk (laughs) about, and I was a therapist and I used to teach resilience. I thought I knew all about resilience and my health and my mental health was screaming at me that I was that muscle had gone, you know, as tiny as can be. So, yeah. So this is interesting. You were a therapist. Yeah. But my next question is, why did you stop seeing a mental health therapist? But my question is actually, why did you become a therapist? Oh, that's a great question. (laughs) So... I'm happy to share that answer. <laughs> I would be fully honest with you and the listeners. I became a therapist to figure myself out. <laughs> I was wondering that. Of course. I mean, I was a mess. I couldn't figure myself out. I had these health issues. I was holding on to the grief of the loss of my dad. I had anxiety. I was, you know, had an eating disorder. I my family dynamics were pretty unhealthy as most are growing up. And I just needed a way out. And I took some psychology classes in college and I said, oh my gosh, this is, this is explaining me for the first time. They're talking about family Mm -hmm. dynamics and all these things. And it just made sense to me. And I thought, wow, what if I could help myself and help other (laughs) people through the process? Did not you know, and I meant well, and most people who go into therapy for that reason, we mean well as well, but I couldn't help other people without helping myself first. And I just didn't know how therapy was not that answer for me. Um, but I'm so glad that I had the background and the training I did because I, it helps me so much, um, in the work I do now. Yeah. It's really a foundational piece that can springboard to you know, new and innovative ways to deal with it that you're going to share. Yes. So you're very convincing that you will never get another autoimmune disorder again. Why are you so certain of that though? It's a great question. I am a hundred percent ironclad, absolutely positively sure. I will never get another chronic health condition again because I live in the parasympathetic nervous system Mm. and I practice resilience. I practice going out into my life to grow and to learn every day. And it's not perfect. And I fall down and I make a lot of slip ups, but I am committed to growing and learning. And my body again is locked in that parasympathetic and in the parasympathetic nervous system, chronic illness cannot exist. It, Mm. It doesn't live there. Mental health conditions don't exist. They can't live there the body's working as it was designed to and properly and everything working adaptively so i know that there's there's no chance of me getting an autoimmune (laughs) disorder it literally cannot physically exist in the parasympathetic nervous system and seven years completely without an autoimmune disorder without any of my conditions i don't have flare-ups i'm not in remission so i know that that i am on the path, on the path that I need to be. And I know the things I need to do to stay there. So as you're talking about that, there seems to be a connection between our emotions Mm 
-hmm. and our physical health and, you know, emotions drive our stresses as well. So what is that connection? That's a great question. Thank you for asking that. I love talking about the connection between emotions and our physical health, because that was the most frustrating thing for me when I was sick is that I, you know, I was seeing my therapist yeah. over here and then I was seeing all my specialists and doctors over here mm. and no one was communicating and no one was making any connection between, yeah, between the, between the emotional stressors that I was having and the things that had happened in my life and my health breaking down. No one was talking about that. And it was this kind of watershed moment for me. I learned about a term called the allostatic load. What and is that? The allostatic load is a measurement in it of the impact that stress has on our physical body, that our emotions, because mm. stress is just emotions, suppressed emotions, has on our physical body. And so I could see that as these emotional stressors happened, things like parents fighting, dad going to rehab, moving, heartbreaks, going off to college, mm -hmm. you could line that right up with, and it would match all of the progressive health conditions that I was getting, starting wow. with things like allergies, then, oh, it's chronic strep throat, then anxiety, oh, you know, then arthritis, then Hashimoto's, then, you know, in progressively worse conditions as my stress mm -hmm. continued to build. And so I know definitively that what I found when I found this work, I came here to a place called a new life center here in Denver. It changed my life because they finally made that bridge between yeah. my emotions and my health breaking down. I knew that I was an emotional mess. I knew that I had so much inside of me that hadn't been cleared out. And I knew that it had to have some role in my health breaking down. It didn't take a rocket scientist to put two and two together, yet no doctor or specialist made that connection. Mm -hmm. And what I learned was just simply people like me, we're not good stress people. We mm -hmm. don't handle our emotions well, and it's okay. But I had unknowingly suppressed all my emotions from these hard stressors that had happened in my life you know, like, like I had shared like parents and, and losing mm -hmm. loved ones and losing my dad and college and heartbreaks and new jobs. And I just pushed it down and pushed it down until eventually our bodies and my body ran out of any more room for suppressed mm -hmm. emotional um, stress and experiences. And it's from the emotion, a suppressed emotion piece that then my body broke and yeah. entered into that sympathetic nervous system where it went into a state of disrepair and then my symptoms happened. So yeah. in my experience and in my, my personal and what I teach, it all starts with emotions. It all starts with emotions. And if we're not looking at that piece for, from a getting better health perspective, there's no way that I could have ever resolved my health conditions. You know, you know so many people have um, eating disorders, not the anorexia, um, but they're overweight, they're morbid obese, yeah. young and old. And, um, and it is all caused by stress. You know, young yes. kids today have bullying and all kinds of things. Yes. How do you work with the parents to peel the onion to be able to discover what those stressors are and how, how they can change the path? Mm. That's a great question, Vicki. Um, I, I, one of my 
passions. I love working with all people. Uh, I work with all ages from nine to 70, 74 was my oldest right at this point. But younger people are my absolute favorite and especially more in the elementary middle school age. Mm-hmm. Um, and people find it hard to believe parents do that. Oh my gosh, why is my child have Lyme disease or why do they have anxiety or why do they have eczema? How could it, there's no way they could have that much suppressed stress that it caused their bodies to overload and, and go into disrepair. But I tell them, of course they did. Yeah. And some people are just more sensitive to stress. And so I teach parents, we have to just be honest and validate that children go through so many stressors that as parents, they don't want to, it's okay, but just not, maybe not as in tune to acknowledge things like starting school for the first time the birth of a new sibling, mm-hmm. moving, yeah. um, you know, getting bullied or challenges with friend groups, you know, changing teachers, a mm-hmm. grandparent or a pet dying, yeah. um, a parent losing their job or getting sick, you know, parental substance abuse. I mean, just to name a few, but these parent mental health issues, I mean, these are things that children, real world issues that children are struggling with and they don't know what to do with it. So people like myself that get chronic conditions, we suppress it and they get the same kinds of conditions that older people do or middle-aged people do. And I just teach parents, Hey, the same way out is it's the same way out. We, they just need to learn a new way of handling stress and just to build their own resilience. So I work with younger students, teaching them how to build their resilience and their bodies are able to enter into the parasympathetic and they heal and self-repair it. And the best part is the younger they are, the faster it happens because they're, they are so, they snap back so quickly, but I have to tell parents they have been under stress and it's okay. It doesn't make them bad parents, but we got to help them. Well, some kids too are highly sensitive people, you know, old and young, but some of the kids, and I think that the parents, um, maybe not recognize that right away. And that's the, the highly sensitive child is going to want to be pleasing people. Mm-hmm. And that means they have to suppress so much. Yeah. And, and there's it's just what we did to, uh, for myself. I did it to get by. I, I did not know another way and I didn't do anything wrong. I yeah. just, and I thought I was a really intuitive feeling person. (laughs) I was a therapist. I thought I was so in touch with my emotions and here my health was screaming at me that I was, that was not the case. So I'm telling you what, (laughs) it's okay to drop the facade and just admit to ourselves, you know what? I am not handling my stress well, and I have not been a good stress person. I mean, how could we have been if our parents weren't either who, you know, they weren't, we weren't, you know, someone needs to get taught at some point. And that's what I'm passionate about doing, teaching people the, the way to handle stress, the book of how to do life that we just didn't get delivered to our house. Yeah. I like to say. This next question, it, it um, touches home because I um, too had this experience, but explain why gaining 30 pounds was the best thing that ever happened to you. Mm. That's a good, that's a good question. You know, I, as being someone who had an eating disorder, I had anorexia. I was also bulimic and was an, an over-exerciser. So just constantly, I spent all of college in the gym. They called me gym girl. <laughs> I was there probably more than I was in class and definitely more than I was at parties. I was at that gym 
And so I, because I was so felt so empty on the inside and so unable to handle life and stress, I went to my weight and to working out as my coping mechanism for handling mm. the stressors of a life that I just didn't feel well prepared to handle. And I really based so much worth and value on my, of myself on that, that silly number on the scale. Yeah. And I remember like, I would have a panic attack if I gained, you know, three, four, five pounds because I ate some cake or went to a birthday party or, you know, my weight was so up and down because it was just so unhealthy and I would binge and purge and starve mm. and, and do that whole process. Those who've had eating disorders know, you know, that experience well. And I didn't think that I would be able to be in this lovable, that anyone would ever want to be with me, that anyone would ever talk with me. I thought I would lose all of my friends. I thought that my family would disown me if I didn't look that way, that super thin, super fit way that I looked. I thought that my whole life would fall apart because I thought everything was dependent on my image and on my weight. And that's just how empty, again, Mm -hmm. I felt on the inside. I thought everything, I got everything from my looks. Um, And so when I was able to start to enter into the parasympathetic nervous system and then my body regulated and my brain chemistry started going back to normal, I started naturally, my body started to put on some healthy weight because it needed to enter back to its healthy state. And I was very scared at first and very resistant and tried to thwart the process by eating like just carrots for a week and still doing like bone broth fast and the whole shebang. And then I just realized, what am I doing? I said, if, if the, if I can't love myself the way that I was born to be, Mm. how do I ever expect the world to love me if I can? And so I just said, you know what, I'm going to try it. I'm going to throw this up into the air and hope that it sticks. I'm going to let myself and give myself permission and my body permission to be whatever weight that it wants to be at. And I'm going to let it be that. And I'm going to experience what that feels like. And so I let go of the, the control that I was holding on to, And I just said, I'm going to trust the process of my body and I'm going to eat healthy and just eat normal. I wasn't on any diets anymore. Right. I didn't eat normal foods. I didn't have food allergies. So I just you know, I let myself have a beer from time to time or a sandwich and eat, have pizza and still eat healthy, but like things I never allowed myself to do. Oh, wow. And cause I was just so restrictive and I gained 30 pounds in probably six months and I had to buy, I bought all new clothes and it was this beautiful thing. I realized I started like I had breasts for the first time and I had you TMI, but I, you know, I had some shape to me mm-hmm. and I started to fill out and I couldn't believe it, but it was like, it, I didn't blow up. I thought I was just going to get massively huge and I would never come back. And I, I just filled out to be more of a healthy woman. Mm-hmm. And I got, I thought people would disown me and they actually said, wow, you look so bright. You look so radiant. You look so healthy. I didn't realize mm-hmm. how sickly I looked before. And I started to realize that I loved myself for who I was and that being my healthy way actually made me feel really good and feel really proud. And no, I don't like wear string bikinis anymore and I'm not rocking crop tops or anything of that nature. And, you know, I'm very conservative. I've realized in my clothing and my taste, but I am still so good to be at a weight that I know is supporting my body and it hasn't really changed. I don't have to diet. I don't have to watch my food. I just eat healthy and it stays in that range. 
um, based on the parasympathetic nervous system. And it's literally been the most green thing ever. I did not want to be that anorexic mom or grandma, you know, down the road, always watching their food, eating on salads, worried that my husband would leave me if I gained 10 pounds. Cause that's where I was at. I was oh, at wow. just that, that place. So by far the best thing that ever happened to me was awesome. this, what I thought would be the scariest thing, which was gaining 30 pounds. Yeah. yeah. And fight off disease and germs so much better if you have a healthy weight. It, yes, it gives my body the fuel and I can do things like I was, I looked fit, but man, I would, um, poop out on a hike or on a run or doing activities. Yeah. I didn't have the capacity and now I can do all kinds of activities and don't tire because I am strong emotionally and physically now because of my weight. Awesome. Well, it's time for rapid fire. Great. So for a reminder, for those that are listening, rapid fire is where I'll give her five phrases or a word. And she has a minute or two to just tell whatever comes top of her mind. It's, you know, nothing's wrong. Um, and the first is an easy one. I think she, in her bio, she talks about how she likes to visit historic towns. So I want to know what the, your favorite town to explore in Denver is. Oh, that's a great question, Vicki. I would say I'm going to just go a little south of Denver. Um, I love Denver, but I'm going to go, we're going to travel south about an hour and 45 minutes, two hours south. And there's a town called Salida um, mm. in Colorado, which I find just lovely. It's old and historic. They have a beautiful river that goes right by okay. the town and you can, people are rafting, jumping in the water. Uh -huh. There's um, amazing antique stores and vintage mm. shops and great restaurants. And it's just a, a place that I love to go visit um, quite often. So oh, Salida, cool. Colorado. Yeah. So everybody put that on your to-do list. Yes. So this is something that I have seen, I have thought about doing, but I haven't done yet. But why is paddle boarding a must-have for you? Yeah, I, 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 like many fell into the paddle boarding kind of wave post COVID and I find it so much fun because I have an inflatable paddle board. I can, it fits in a backpack. I can take it with me oh, on road cool. trips. Yeah. I, I've taken it like, um, uh, Montana. I've taken it to Utah. I've taken it all over Colorado and I can blow that thing up and I can be in the peacefulness and the stillness of the water and um, watch, I do some bird watching on my paddleboard and look for the fish and I, turtles. And I just love oh. being with nature on my paddleboard. How cool. So what does resilience mean to you today? Mm. I mean, to me, it means my life. It means my health. It is truly the secret tool to do life. Mm. And to make sure that I stay completely autoimmune, chronic illness, eating disorder, alcoholism free is everything is my resilience. And if I have resilience, I can do life and I have a mm. life that is healthy and fulfilling. Family dynamics. Unhealthy <laughs> is what I would say to that. I didn't realize how unhealthy I could see my family dynamics were and really to normalize it. Most family dynamics are one of the, 
greatest things that I have realized of late is how to separate from my family dynamics and learn to become my own separate person. Um, I didn't realize how much my wings were clipped when I was living in the nest figuratively Mm. and literally with my mom um, and my siblings and in learning to still love them, but love them more from afar and give Mm. myself the space to become my own person has in the most positive way changed the family dynamics and allowed me um, a chance at a real life. Wow. And I think um, just to take that, I come from a very large family and, and uh, the family is something that is um, important to me. And so I think as parents, we need to just remember how important that is. All right, the next path on your journey. The next path, I would say to piggyback what I just what I just shared is really that path of becoming my own person and continuing to grow and build the work that I'm doing. My my goal and my dream is to be an internationally known expert on autoimmune and chronic illness and to be able to travel the world doing teachings and presentations to large groups, letting them know that there is a way for their bodies to heal and self-repair. And it isn't hard, it's simple, um, and helping people um, change and heal themselves. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to share my screen real quick. It's almost time for us to end, but this is for all those that are listening in to grab your pencil, your paper, and be able to get Josie's information. So her website is hashimotofix, emotosfix.com. That's H-A-S-H-I-M-O-T-O-S-F-I-X.com. Her email is josie at the hashimotosfix.com. And she is on Facebook and Instagram. I'm going to let her talk to you about the gift that she has for you today. Yeah, thank you, Vicki. Um, I want all the listeners out there to know that if you have a chronic illness, if you have an emotional health issue, um, if you have an autoimmune disorder, you're the people that I work with. (laughs) And while my um, specialty in my niche is Hashimoto's, because it's the most common autoimmune disorder for women, the work I do works with most all chronic health conditions, uh, chronic symptoms as well. So I love meeting people, sharing what I do. Um, I have a 10-week program that I have a 100% success rate in. So people who come through, they're able to get their bodies in that parasympathetic nervous system, heal and self-repair their conditions. And again, would love to connect. If you have questions for me, if you have questions about someone that you love, want to reach out or just enjoyed uh, anything that I shared today, you know, either come go to my website or even more email me at Josie at the Hashimoto'sFix.com. I love helping other people get better and providing you all information to hopefully change your life and change the path that you might be going down in terms of your life and your health. So awesome. Again, I'd love to thank you for being my guest today, Josie. You did such a wonderful time, uh, such a wonderful guest. You gave us a lot of information. You allowed yourself to share your stories, great tips, a lot of tools, a lot of education. And I think that, you know, what you're doing is going to help people out there. And so I encourage everyone to 
please check out her website, email her with questions that you have. And as always, want you to remember that life is a journey and it is up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nettling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nettling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.